Welcome to our What the Family Studies podcast, here to help family studies educators to create engaging and valuable learning experiences for their students that will last a lifetime. Each week on What the Family Studies, we will interview those who are passionate about family studies education. Some weeks we will interview a current teacher or professional working in the field who will share their experiences, insights, and strategies for successful delivery of family studies curriculum. We also want to focus some of our time on your wellness. The last couple of years have been so stressful and your wellness is so important. Are you a family studies educator? Do you have ambitious career goals but are feeling overwhelmed by the heavy demands placed on all of us? Maybe you have ideas and visions for how you want your classroom to look, but you don't know how to achieve it. I'm Laura Hattier and I'm right there with you. I just graduated from Western's Bachelor of Education program with teaching subjects in family studies and social science. My program was delivered online for the most part. Prior to my Bachelor's of Education, I completed my undergraduate degree at Canada's only women's university, Russia, where I got my honor specialization in nutrition and families in 2020. During these last few months of navigating all that new teachers do, I have turned to experienced, inspiring, and passionate educators for support and guidance to get me where I aspire to be. And I'm Catherine Murphy. After a brief career in radio broadcasting, I decided teaching was the career I really wanted to pursue and graduated from York University's Faculty of Education in 2004. Since then, I've been teaching history, social sciences, and of course family studies at the high school level in Durham Region. Sure, I may be an experienced teacher, but I still have a lot to learn when it comes to navigating this amazing career. We'd like to thank you so much for listening. Let's get started. everyone and welcome to the first ever episode of What the Family Studies podcast. This podcast has been a long time coming and I am so excited to be a part of this. Our first guest is actually the person behind this podcast idea. Michelin Gallant is nothing short of amazing. She is a former family studies teacher from the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board. She also happens to be my former instructor at Western and has been working there for both pre-service and additional qualification courses since 2003. Michelin is a member of the Board of Directors for the Ontario Family Studies Home Economics Educators Association, OFSHIA. Through this, she's created engaging and relevant resources for teachers of family studies to use in their classrooms and teaching practice. She also is a mom of two, grandmother of one, and enjoys yoga, food, and travel. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to introduce OFSHIA and the idea behind this podcast. And of course, as teachers, we need to have some learning goals. Today, we'll get to know Michelin. We'll get to know more about Afshia and how we can become involved with the organization. All right, Michelin, so how are you? Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm doing great, thanks. Um, I'm excited to be here today and to talk a little bit about uh, this podcast and family studies and uh, just my passion for that. So I actually became passionate about family studies education when I took my first course in grade 11. So I had an empty spot in my timetable. My guidance counselor added me into a course that at that point was called Bachelor Survival. <laughs> so it was kind of an interesting course. It would be sort of like the HIP 4.0 now. And it was just this course that was all about independent living. And I think they called it Bachelor Survival because they wanted more guys to take it. So I really enjoyed that class. My teacher that year 
I just so loved her. She was amazing. And I just, even though she was only at my high school for a year, I just really connected with her. And I would say that she would be the person that really turned me into becoming passionate about family studies education. Uh, she moved, she was only at the school for a year and then she moved out to Winnipeg after that. So I've never really spoken to her much since, but I always wish I could find her. After I graduated from high school, I went to Guelph and did my Bachelor of Applied Science in Family Studies. And then I went to U of T for the Faculty of Education. And then I did my master's actually in 2008 in education at Brock. When I graduated from U of T. I was hired with the um, Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board where I worked as a family studies teacher for 20 years and I taught just at one school. So I taught at Delta Secondary School which was sort of an inner city school um, but I just loved it and it was um, just exciting to sort of be involved in a community where um, we had kids who really were excited about learning. I just really really enjoyed my time there. Starting in about 2003, I started teaching additional qualifications courses, which was always sort of the thing I always wanted to do. I started at Western, then I also taught at Oise and Queens for a while, and then I retired in 2019 as a vice principal from Hamilton Wentworth District School Board, and uh, have since then become involved in doing pre-service family studies at Western. And so I'm going into my third year doing that, and I continue to teach the AQs at Western. So it's really something that I really enjoy, and I'm really glad I have the opportunity to do it. Wow, thank you. I like how you mentioned that there was a specific teacher that inspired you to go into family studies. I feel that that was me too. I had a few family studies teachers in my high school that really just inspired me to go into education. And I don't know, like I feel like that's our job as teachers is to inspire students to think about and consider other options. And a lot of students don't even know what family studies is going into grade nine. So that's really interesting. How do you think previous jobs before education shaped you into the person and educator you are today? I've always had a passion for working with youth and children. So my first volunteer job, I think I was 12 years old, and I volunteered at a childcare center in Burlington when I had just moved there. And I actually had to lie about my age because they wouldn't take 12-year-olds. So I had to say I was 13. And so I volunteered at this daycare center in Burlington, which actually worked out really well because I volunteered there, I think, for two summers. And then when I went to university, they actually ended up hiring me to run their summer program for um, their school-age children. Um, I also did a lot of work with children's aid as a volunteer and then again worked in their summer programs running um, summer camp programs for kids who had really high needs and weren't able to attend like recreation or Y programs because they just had such high needs so that was sort of my high school university time and I just always remember I loved running those programs because I loved planning program and I would go out every night and I there was a craft nursery place called White Rose so for those of you who are older like me, you'll remember White Rose. And I remember going there like every evening to buy the craft supplies so that I could make these great crafts with the kids the next day. And I would spend hours planning. So I think my teaching piece sort of came in very early there. After I graduated from Guelph, I took a couple of years off before I went to Teachers College. And I worked as an educational assistant with the Halton Board. It was really kind of cool because one of my high school teachers was the teacher in this alternative program and he hired me. So that was kind of neat getting to work with him. And he truly became my mentor because I learned so much from him. 
the program that we ran at the school in, in Burlington was um, an alternative program for kids who they called reluctant learners back then. So basically it was a student success program. These were kids who did not want to go to school. Attendance was atrocious. Um, they had numbers of different reasons, but we didn't really look at mental health back then. It was just these kids just didn't want to go to school. And so we had to figure out how to get them to go. And so I worked in as an educational assistant in that program for two years, and I learned so much. We had kids with high levels of anxiety, students who were throwing chairs across rooms. We had students who were really, really struggling with school. And we would go and pick them up at their house in the morning, drive them to school. We had a social worker in the program. It was just, I just learned so much by being part of that program. And that, I think, really, really informed who I became as a teacher. Um, because I think my time working in the daycares with children's aid and as an EA really helped to support me to become that teacher who wanted to work with the students who maybe needed that extra help because there's, you know, there's kids who will do well in school just because they'll do well in school, but there's other kids who need that extra bit of help, and I think that's really where my passion developed, and I think those jobs that I had um, in my youth and in my early years of teaching really helped shape me to become the educator who I became. Yeah, I definitely feel like working with more high-need students or students that don't necessarily love school is such a valuable experience. I feel like a lot of people always say the best teachers are the ones that worked with students who were a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel I feel like every teacher will run into these challenges, but having that background knowledge and experience really, really helps with your career. So that's great. And you're obviously a people person. Well, I think it really did because I didn't struggle in school, right? School for me was my favorite place. I loved going to school from the time I was in kindergarten. You know, it was just, I loved going to school. When the teacher gave me a project and they said, do this, I did it like 150%. So school was always a good place for me. So I just think that when I started working with youth and I started realizing that not everybody had the same experience with me, I was really able to empathize with them. And I think that really helped me just to just be able to relate to them and what they were going through. And I think that's ultimately, we all know that, that kids just need to be listened to and they need to be understood by the adults in their life. Exactly, yeah. I I feel like when I did my placements, I learned a lot too because I was the same way. I always loved school. It was always like a fun place for me. I loved doing my assignments and it was never an issue. I was very organized and I did well. And then doing my placements I was like why does nobody like school like why is everyone complaining this is so different for me and for me what it comes down to is really privilege and like the way that I was treated by certain teachers was different than other students like teachers would basically you'd walk into the class and be judged from day one and that would determine how you were treated in the class and so that's another thing to consider so when did you get involved with Offshia and can you tell us a little bit about Offshia? So I became involved, I think when I first started, I remember when I was at the Faculty of Ed in Toronto, you know, our professor there always kept talking about Afshia and you needed to be part of Afshia and it was very important. And so I think when I um, graduated, I definitely, I became a member and I was lucky because I got into a position where I taught straight family studies. So I, my entire 20 years of teaching, I always had family studies. My second teachable is history. I never taught it. I did do some student success and special ed, um, but really I was just, family studies was my thing. So, so I knew I needed to get involved and I knew I needed to be a member. 
So I joined initially as a member when I first started teaching. And I think for a little while, my membership sort of waned because I just couldn't afford it. Like when I was a, you know, we had a young family, um, a mortgage, you know, two kids. It was hard to come up with the money to pay for the membership. So there was a number of years where I didn't. I wasn't involved. But then around 2000, when the new curriculum came out, I got involved in writing the new curriculum and we created course profiles. So there was teams of us who got together. And I met some really amazing people at that point. I'm sure they'll know who they are, Jane and Carol. So they were both writers on the same team as I was on for the course profiles we were doing. And Jane and Carol were strong off Shia supporters. And so I sort of, they sort of took me under their wing and sort of made me get involved. And Jane Carroll and I started on the um, off Shia conference planning team. So I sort of got reinvolved around the year 2000, 2001. And um, really, except for a little bit of time when I was vice principal, I sort of got like less involved just because it, I just didn't have the time or the ability to do it. But then again, when I retired in 2019, it was the first thing I did. I retook out my membership. I contacted off Shia and said, I want to be back on the board because this is my passion and it always has been. You know, I just, it sort of had a little couple of little ups and downs along the way, but really it's just something that I'm really passionate about. And so I'm really excited to be back involved with off Shia now. That's amazing. I, I find it very interesting that you were in family studies the whole time and never taught your second teacher poll. I feel like for me, family studies is definitely my ideal course to teach, but I'm all over the place. Like I, I would teach kindergarten. Like I would, I would teach like a lot of things. So very interesting. So how would you suggest that new teachers get involved with Afshia then? And how do they get started with the membership and accessing resources? I guess the, you know, so we know we have our Offshia website, so we promote that a lot. And there is a sort of a free section of the website and a members-only section. So, you know, definitely, I think most people will join Offshia because they want resources, right? So as a teacher, especially if you're new to teaching a particular course, you want to have resources because it's like, oh, I need this lesson plan, I need this um, curriculum map, whatever it might be. So you need those things to sort of help you in your, in your teaching. But I think we also really want to emphasize that Afshia does so much more than that. Afshia really is heavily involved in promoting and supporting our subject area. And we need to really make sure that people know that too, right? That it's not just about resources. And so I would really strongly encourage people to become members. I know we, we have some new membership initiatives coming up in the fall, and that information will be coming out shortly. There's going to be a um, free membership for anybody who's at the Faculty of Education. So that would be at Western and York. And then there's going to be a reduced membership, I think, for people who are in their first two years of teaching. So we really are trying to get new memberships and new people involved because we really want new energy and new excitement and people to be part of Afshia that may not have considered joining. And I think I also really, I really do promote it a lot in our um, AQ courses. And what's been really interesting in the AQ course I'm teaching right now for the summer, we've had like mass run of new members from our courses. So it's really exciting to see because that's where the passion is, right? People aren't taking the AQ just for the sake of taking the AQ. They really have a passion for the subject. So we're kind of excited about that as well. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's, well, family studies isn't 
undervalued subject and I feel like a lot of people are now realizing like life skills are so important actually a friend of mine who's a teacher he teaches French he just went to get his additional qualification in family studies and I was like yay another guy in family studies this is so exciting I don't know I feel like it's so much more than just the resources like you will develop resources over time and a lot of family studies teachers are willing to share their resources so yeah definitely like promoting just the whole field is a huge part of Afshia and for any listeners out there you should definitely join Afshia check out the website they have scholarships I I got a scholarship from Afshia so it's really a great resource for family studies teachers I think it's really important to think about Afshia is as a subject association just like any of the other subject associations we are your voice at the Ministry of Education so I know the ministry doesn't listen very well right now ignore the political comment but really You know, when there is stuff going on connected to family studies education, whether it is a curriculum review or additional resources that the ministry is putting support into, Afshia is, they're the organization that's going to be connected with, right? So we just had Build 216 on food literacy, and that is, again, another area where Afshia has put some really um, strong opinions and voice in to try to make sure that we are listened to as the experts in food literacy and as teachers of food literacy. So, you know, again, the resources are there, but we are also the voice of family studies. And without our voice, I wonder how long family studies education will continue to survive in our schools. So I think we really do need to continue to support Afshia and the work that they're doing. Yeah, for sure. I think family studies is one of the most important courses to take. My brother, he's entering high school this year, and I'm like, make sure you take all the family studies courses. (laughs) But yeah, so you were the um, person with the idea for this podcast. So could you share a little bit about that and where this idea came from and kind of what your initial vision for this podcast was? So I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time you know, whether I'm driving in the car or going for a walk. And so I was just sort of like, I'm always listening to them. There's a podcast out of the United States, out of Washington State, and it's a family and consumer studies, because that's what they call it down there. I was listening to it and the woman who runs it, her name's Barbara Scully. And so I was listening to her and I had found her podcast. So I was listening to it and sort of like, hey, we should do that in Ontario. That would be really cool. And it was great. I reached out to her. We, Her and I had a, like a one hour, two hour Zoom conversation. We chatted about creating a podcast, how to go about doing that. And so then I just brought the idea to the board of directors and sort of said, like, we need to think about this because... We need to, as an association, move beyond the ways we've always done things. Like, here's the resources, and here's our conference. But that's sort of the ways of subject associations of the past. And I think we need to, as a subject association, sort of think about how we can do things in the future. And my position on the board of directors is actually called future direction. So that's sort of my role on the board right now. And so with that being my role, I talked about the the podcast idea and we've been throwing it back and forth. And it's really just become a little bit of a passion project for me. And so I've been promoting it through our Family Studies Facebook page, which is, again, another amazing resource through social media and just trying to get people involved. So we've now have a little bit of a team and uh, we're looking forward to starting to interview and meet with some different people in the area of family studies and go from there. 
I think that the podcast was a great idea. I personally don't really listen to podcasts, but now that you mention it, like I'm starting to look some up and I think it's great because yeah, like just as we teach our students in different ways, this is a great way to reach a different type of audience. People that want to listen instead of read through resources. It's just a different way of presenting information and I think it's just so cool and now like especially after all the online learning, this is the way that our world is going. It's going digital and I don't know, I think it's so cool and it's so neat to connect with all these new people. I'm really excited for where this podcast is going to go. We want to try to keep these podcasts reasonably short. So I know there's lots of podcasts out there that are like an hour long. We don't want to be like that. We want to give you something that's going to be something that you can listen to in the car on the drive to work or maybe when you're walking your dog you know or the kids are playing out in the backyard or whatever it might be we really want to try to make something that's kind of short and sweet to the point but still sort of inspires people to be the best family studies teacher that they can be yeah I think this is just a really great thing and I'm and I'm really happy that you were here to introduce it because I know this was your idea and I know it's out of your comfort zone but I'm so happy that you're here for us to interview So back to family studies, what is your favorite part about teaching family studies or maybe what's your favorite component of family studies? Is it financial literacy? Is it foods? I think it sort of changed over my career. So I think I really started enjoying foods when I first started teaching. And then I got really sort of into the fashion piece because we sort of revitalized and started the fashion program up at my school. I think the foods I kind of got tired of because I hated going grocery shopping all the time. Um, so that was kind of a, a little bit of a turnoff there. When I got closer to finishing teaching family studies, um, I really was much more passionate about teaching a lot of the parenting, child development courses. And that was sort of my area of study at that point. And I think a lot of that, though, connected to the fact that I had young children at that time, too. So I think the nice thing about family studies, it can sort of connect into what's going on in your life you can really relate to it. So there's not one area of family studies that I don't like teaching, right? I have a passion for all those areas. I think the financial literacy piece is so important. And I really think family studies can do an amazing job of teaching financial literacy. I think probably better than any other subject area. Business teachers sometimes argue with me, but I do think we can do a better job. So yeah, I just, I'm really passionate just about all of it. Um, I like the idea of the life skills piece, but I also like the academic part of it too, because there's academic skills, research skills, and inquiry skills that we teach that the kids don't even know they're learning. And I just remember so many times that students would take the HHS course or the HHD course, and they would come back after their first year at university and go, Miss, thank God, you taught me so much. I was so prepared to go to university, and it was because of taking that course with you. Isn't that the best? Um, And I think every family studies teacher who's taught those grade 12 senior courses has had that conversation with kids. We prepare students not just for life, but we prepare them for post-secondary. And I think that's really important. And it's fun. It makes coming to class fun. Who doesn't want to come to class and make brownies? Like, come on, guys. Foods is definitely my favorite. I think fashion's growing on me a little bit. And financial literacy, I know, is so important. And I feel like that was something that I really wanted to learn in high school. And that's what it's all about. What do these students want to learn? What skills do they want to take away? And that's what family studies is all about, is experiential learning and connecting things to students' lives. We talk about it all the time, right? It's all about student voice and student choice. And I think family studies allows those things to happen exactly 
So family studies can be a challenge. Do you have any stories or any advice or what, what is the most challenging part about teaching family studies from your perspective? I think the biggest challenge always is keeping the subject going in your school, changing the perspective of people, right? Because we still have parents who will come in and say, oh, it's just home ec, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with home economics. Home economics and family studies are very much, you know, melded together in what they do. But I think it's just really an image issue. Because we need people to understand that we're not just home or just family studies, that there is so much more to it. And I think maybe the pandemic has helped us a little bit, you know, after all of these years of people realizing that there are so many other skills that we can teach and support. So I think it's really just about promoting your subject area and getting, you know, your admin in your schools, your parents your kids and your schools to just really understand what family studies is so that you can offer like a really strong substantial program. So I say that's probably the most challenging thing that I ever faced as a family studies educator. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people are beginning to realize that it's actually so important and it teaches us a lot of skills and it's not just teaching food to have fun. I know I said that it's fun, but that's just part of it. it it's actually a life skill and I see like students coming back and saying that they made this recipe at home or they tried this or and it's amazing like it's it's getting them to engage with their families too at home and be helpful and preparing them for life so that's awesome. So the next portion of this podcast Michelin I know you talked about how you wanted to have a structure where we do these rapid fire questions at the end of the podcast so I'm gonna hand over the mic to Kathy and we're gonna give you some quick questions and you're gonna have to answer them. All right Michelin this is time for our rapid fire question and I'm going to ask you five very very simple questions don't even think about the answers just give us your answer as it comes to your head okay we'll try all right your first question what's your favorite season definitely summer okay perfect yeah what's your favorite color always been blue (laughs) uh your favorite animal cats but I like dogs too okay but I like goats I like you should try goat yoga you like yoga you should try goat yoga too that's perfect who do you text the most hmm I would say I have my friend Mary Jo we probably text every day okay perfect hi to Mary Jo there you go shout out to Mary Jo um and where did you go on your last vacation uh last vacation was March break to Ottawa Nice. Excellent. Okay, those are our five questions, I think. So thanks very much, Michelin, for uh, for playing along with us for that rapid fire section. No worries. Thank you so much for joining us for our very first episode of What the Family Studies. Join us next time as Laura and Catherine interview Cassie Brunsveld, Program and Resource Assistant for Agscape. Remember to subscribe to be notified when we release new episodes. Thanks for listening.